Where are you in your life journey? What is it that you need more than anything else? I want you to think about that for just a minute. Maybe you don't even have to think. It comes to mind immediately. There is some concern, some desperate concern, a desperate need. It's, it's the most pressing burden of your life. It brings fear and panic, a, a, whole, a whole flood of uh, anxious thoughts come to your mind when you think about it. But what if I told you there was a need beyond that need, a deeper, more pressing need, and that if you could have that need met, that it would address all the other concerns of your life, that it would bring a peace and a contentment concerning all those other anxious thoughts that swirl around in your mind, all those uncertainties about past, present, and future. I'd like you to open your Bible to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers concerns a time in the life of the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. It was a time of difficulty for them. It was a time of deep, deep need. It was a time of uncertainty. So uncertain were their circumstances. So uncertain were they about where they were going to get their next water to drink or their next food to eat that they lived in day-to-day -day desperate dependence on the Lord. But it was also a time when God spoke the following words over them or desired that these words be spoken over them by the high priest. In fact, among all the words of the Bible, there are none that brought uh, greater peace and still bring a greater peace and sense of calm amidst whatever circumstances we might find ourselves in. And so today, as your pastor, I would like to speak these words over your life. And I would like you to hear them, not as they come from me, but as they come from the Lord. I, I like to call this the numbers blessing. And it comes from Numbers chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 22 through 27. Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and I then will bless them. So I'd, I like to think that there's no higher blessing in all the Bible. So I want us to look at this blessing today in its component parts. As you see, it was given by the Lord to Moses to be given to Aaron and his sons to be spoken over God's people. And just moments ago, before we looked at this passage of Scripture, I ask you to think about that most pressing concern in your life, that deepest need that you have. Whatever it is going on in your life that sort of consumes you, surrounds you with fear and anxiety. And now we look at these verses, breaking it down from phrase to phrase in this passage of Scripture. The numbers blessing. First, we hear the Lord say, to Moses, have the high priest say, the Lord bless you. So now you see 
that the greatest blessing in your life is that you would have the blessing of the Lord. And I also want you to see that this is at God's initiative. All blessings in the Bible that come to his people, as a matter of fact, any blessing that we receive comes from God's initiative. This is the Lord's supreme desire. It is the passion of his heart. So much so that in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 30, verse 18, the Lord spoke these words. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he waits on high to have compassion on you. It pictures God as looking over the precipice of heaven, just waiting for the opportunity to pour his blessing out upon some soul who will put themselves in a position to be so blessed. It is, first, the passion of God's heart to bless. Second, not only is it the Lord's supreme desire, it is your greatest need, and it should be your number one priority to make any adjustment necessary so that the Lord might add his blessing to your life. I remind you of what the writer of Proverbs said in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, about the blessing of the Lord. He said, It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. There are many, many things that we reach for in life. As you know, maybe you reached for some blessing that you thought you needed and when you got it, you realized, I really didn't need this, and it added sorrow to my life. But the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and more and more rich. And he's not talking about material blessings. And with God's blessing comes no sorrow at all. Third, the Lord himself is the one who is blessing. The Hebrew word here that is translated blessing in every Mention of the word in this passage of scripture, it means to kneel, to bless. In other words, if it is someone coming to offer the Lord their admiration, it would be kneeling before him in an act of worship or admiration. But when it is used of the Lord in, toward his people, it is of the Lord bending or stooping or kneeling to bless. It is a moment of intimacy. You will remember that Jesus, when there were those who hindered the children from coming to him, when the families were bringing their children and their babies to them, and he was holding them in his arms and blessing them, and they, were, they said, no, no, don't bother the master. He said, suffer the little children. Let the little children come to me. There was this anxious longing of the Lord Jesus to place his hands on them and bless them. And not only so, but this is an intensely personal blessing. Every blessing that comes from the Lord to you, especially those that address your personal concerns, are tailor-made for you. The Lord doesn't, didn't have to say, you know, this is the blessing for the leper, this is the blessing for the blind, this is the blessing for the cripple, this is the blessing for the person with the fever. The Lord just laid his hand on them and instantly it was tailor-made to meet whatever need existed in their life. And so the Lord's desire today is to bless you. So let's hear the words spoken from Scripture 
the Lord bless you. And then the second part says, and keep you. The Lord keep you. In Genesis chapter 28, 15, there's a promise that God made to Jacob. I'd like you to hear the Lord making this promise to you. This is what the Lord said to Jacob. He said, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Do you hear all those personal pronouns that God uses of himself? It is God promising to keep. God made a similar promise to them there in the wilderness. He said in Exodus chapter 23, verse 20, Behold, I am going to send an angel before you to keep you along the way and to bring you into the place that I have prepared. Who else would you want keeping watch over your life? In Psalm 91, 11, we read, He will give His angels charge concerning you to keep you in all your ways. So here is this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Are there uncertain days in your future? Certainly there are. As a matter of fact, you think, some of you who are younger, that the more time passes, the more certain life will be. That you will get to a point of certainty, a point of stability. I once thought that too. And then I realized the further life goes, in fact, the more uncertainty there is about the future. And the more we know how completely out of our control life is, that we can't keep ourselves or even anything that we have. But here is the Lord's promise in Psalm 121, verses 3 through 8. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord is your keeper. He keeps Israel. He will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. He's your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard. And it's, by the way, the same word, keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That is the passion of the Lord's heart for you. And it ought to be the passion of your heart to put yourself in a position where the Lord can be your keeper. Just this past week, I talked to a mother, and well, she first she texted me. She's from Hamilton. And she said, I hate to let you know, she said that my daughter has been put on hospice and just today, and they say that she'll likely not make it through the Thanksgiving holidays, and they're just trying to keep her comfortable. This is a fine Christian young woman. Has the Lord not kept her? Did he not keep his promise to her? Oh yes, he has kept her and his keeping will continue in her life. The Bible says for her and for us, there is in heaven an inheritance kept for her that is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. The Lord Jesus so loved us, God so loved us that he sent his own son into the world that we might be blessed and kept not only in this life, but in the life to come. The Lord bless you and keep you. Those are the words the Lord desired to have spoken over your life. But also the Lord make his face shine 
upon you. Now, I had to ask myself when I came to this, what is this part of the blessing? And you think you can find a lot about some of these passages of Scripture. And so I read what I could find. And most people say or think that it describes the Lord's favor. And I'm sure that that's what it is. But I also believe it's the outward expression of the Lord's favor falling across my life. Let me explain. I think I've told you that one of my favorite shows, I watched it again last night, is Alone. Because I don't have cable TV, I watch Antenna TV, and this particular show comes on on Saturday night, and it's just one episode after another. And it follows the journey of people who are placed out in the wilderness and using their survival skills to try to survive long periods of time, uh, staying out for months at a time, all alone, uh, getting their own food, taking care of their own uh, shelter. And one of the men in particular found himself in sort of a bowl uh, by a lake where the sun never shined on the place where he was staying. And he became very, very depressed and, and discouraged because the sun he could see the sun on the distant mountains and on the distant hills, but it never shined where he was. And so he took a risk and decided to move his camp, and he moved upward, 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 until finally he found a place where the sun would shine on him. And in that moment, he had his GoPro camera. They filmed it and logged their journey, and he began to weep when he felt the sunshine on his face. You know, I thought about that and I thought, you know, that's exactly what this passage of Scripture is talking about. The Lord's face shining on us, the sunshine of God's love. Sometimes we need, we need the felt presence of God to shine upon our lives. Don't you? I need to sense the warmth of God's presence. But I find that also sometimes I've put myself in a position where I'm in some shaded valley because of sin or my own choosing and I've set myself outside the sunshine of God's face and so I need to adjust my own life upward toward God. Maybe that's what some of you to do today, need to do today. And it is the Lord's passion to shine His face on you, that His face would shine upon you, that you might feel His felt presence. David once cried in Psalm 31 verse 16, Make your face shine upon your servant. And Daniel, in a set of circumstances where he felt that the Lord had abandoned his dwelling place in Jerusalem, said, O oh Lord, make your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. Not only do we need God's felt presence in our lives, we need God to shine his felt presence upon this congregation and upon our church. Perhaps nowhere is this more evident than when the Apostle John found himself in one of those lonely, isolated places, surviving all alone on the Isle of Patmos where he'd been banished for his testimony in Jesus. He was separated from God's people, and don't you know he felt separated from God, lonely and alone. And then one day he said, I heard a voice. And he said, and I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And he said, and when I turned, I saw him and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. 
Oh, what a wonder that must have been for him and what a wonder it would be for us for God's face to shine upon us. And then not only so, and the Lord says, and be gracious to you. If you're following me, you may feel disqualified to receive any such blessing. And that may be true. The valley in which you reside and the problems that shade you from the Lord's face may be a valley of your own choosing. You find yourself unworthy. I know what it is to feel unworthy of the Lord's blessing. Uh, But what we have here is the stated desire of God's heart to be gracious to you. And maybe today the Lord has arranged your circumstances, so arranged your personal circumstances. You say, no, I arranged my circumstances. I decide where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there. Well, let's just see how long that takes place. It is by God's own grace that you are here, by his own mercy that you were allowed to put one foot ahead of the other and arrive here safely. And so here you find yourself, or perhaps you're listening to this service today, so that God has arranged your circumstances that he might make you know that it is the desire of his heart to be gracious to you. You who are unworthy, you who are sinful, And that's all of us. There are none of us who are worthy. And yet that's what God wants to do. In in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 9, the people had long been living with a broken relationship with the Lord, but a new king came on the scene, King Hezekiah. And Hezekiah spoke these words in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 9, For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate and will not... Turn his face away from you if you will return to him. So seeing that's the desire of God's heart for you, is it needful for you to adjust your journey and to return to the Lord, to move upward toward God so that he can shine the light of his presence on you so that you can once again know the felt presence of God so that he can be gracious to you. And then we read the last phrase, the Lord lift up. Well, it's not the last one, it's the next to the last. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. When my youngest daughter was little, all I had to do to discipline her was to turn my face away. That if I gave her an expression of displeasure, it broke her heart. It just would break her little heart and she would cry because she wanted nothing more than for her daddy's face to look upon her with favor and with approval. And here we have this picture in the Old Testament of God wishing this upon his own people, of saying, this is, what, this is the blessing that I want you to give them, that the Lord's countenance would be lifted upon them. Perhaps we can illustrate this by going back to the Old Testament, to the story of Esther. Esther desiring to to meet with the king and she goes into the king's presence the king was her own husband but in those days if you went into the king's presence without permission uh, you could lose your life and so she went with a great deal of fear and trepidation she prayed to the god of heaven that she would find favor with the king and she walked into the king's presence if his countenance was fallen if he was angry then she would have been destroyed. But instead, he lifted up his eyes and he saw her and he extended the golden scepter toward her. 
And he said, what's troubling you, Esther? This is the picture that we have here in this blessing of God lifting up his countenance with approval of God as we stand in his presence saying, now tell me what's on your heart. So then the writer of Hebrews would say, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This blessing considers your deepest needs and all that troubles you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So I ask you when we began, where are you in your life journey? Where are you? Are you at some point of deep need? You know the deepest need that's in your life and you've thought about it and even as we've walked through these verses together, you've thought about that thing, the way that God could bless you, the, what, what you need God to do for you, and then you thought about whether or not God would do it for you based on who you are and how you've lived. Can God meet the deepest need that's in your life? Yes, but there's a deeper need than that, and that's the need for Him and the need for His presence and the need for his mercy and his grace and a peace that passes all understanding that only he can give in spite of what your circumstances are. For let's face it, our circumstances are going to only become more and more uncertain as time goes by. And so we need a certainty. We need a confidence. We need a calmness, a presence of mind and a peace of heart that can only come from one source, and that is from Him. It's the peace of knowing that He will keep you in any trial and that in the shadow of any mountain you will feel the sunshine of His loving presence cast over your life. So I pondered, what would these words have sounded like had, had Aaron spoken them over the children of Israel? And so I want to speak them over you just as he would have spoken them over the people then. And then I want you to look at the last verse, which we haven't looked at. Here they are. Yebirekah Adonai vayishmerekah Ya'er Adonai panav eleka viholeka Yisha Adonai panav eleka vayashim leka shalom Verse 27, so they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel and I then will bless them. Something about those words in that scripture. The Lord said, bless the people and I will bless them. So I would ask you, if you're here today and there's an adjustment that you need to make in your life journey, perhaps one that necessitates you coming to the altar, perhaps one that necessitates you just sitting where you are and saying, oh God, I am in such a dark valley so far away from you, but I so need you to be gracious to me and shine your face upon me. Would you pray with me?